Welcome to the Num One Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the timeless journey from no one to number one. I'm your host, Jake Shannon. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. It is the number one podcast. I am your host, Coach Jake. What's up, Amy Crimson? Happy to see you, Nico. Uh, just checking in with you guys. It's been a week. I was busy, man. I was out. I was out doing work and family stuff. Uh, kind of a family vacation. What's up, Jackson? What's up, Sinage? Sinage Doc, Gristle McThorn Body. Happy to see you guys. Give me a. Uh, let's do a roll call. See where everybody's at. Where are you from? Uh, I hope you guys are doing good. I was gone all last week. I was actually in the Jersey Shore. What's up, Gustav, Jackson, Karen, Jeremy? Good to see you guys. Um, yeah, I was in. I was at the Jersey Shore all last week, Wildwood, New Jersey. I don't know. Have you guys ever been out there, Maurice Piers? Super fun uh, working out there. It's a uh, it's a client of my wife's company, software company that handles uh, attractions. Uh, amusement parks, roller coasters, water parks, that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, firing on all cylinders. Here to take your questions. I did want to talk briefly today about the difference, as I see it, between work-life balance and um, integration, and why I think integration is much better. Okay. So uh, I don't know how else to begin other than to just begin. So I don't believe, what's up, Max Jits? What's up, Bizoman, Salentium Wrestling? Happy to see you guys. So um, I'm not a big fan of this idea of work-life balance. I think it's kind of bullshit because I, I tried to do it for years, and it's, it's really, really difficult to do, to balance um, your work and your play, right? So – one of the things, you know, if you're, let's say, uh, well, well, I'll just use an example from my own life, okay? So forever, I was, I worked in investment banking and mortgage banking, right? I had my master's degree. What's up, Sebastian? Good to see you, dude. I have my master's degree in financial math. So I worked uh, as a quant, a quantitative analyst uh, for uh, a variety of different companies, some of them software, but a lot of them in banking and finance. And I was also a professional wrestler. And so it was very difficult. I found myself having to make certain choices that uh, would not, I couldn't really commit to either one, right? So for example, um, you know, all you guys know, I love grappling. And um, uh, there was a time in my life when I actually got picked up and was making some money doing professional wrestling. And I was able to tour and do these things. But the only way, like I toured with the Vans Warped Tour in 2001, which is crazy. That's over 20 years ago. But um, I toured with them over the summer in 2001, right before 9-11. It was crazy. And the only way I was able to do that is I had quit my job so I could go and tour. And then I had to get another job after the tour because then I wasn't going to get paid uh, the same way I was making like $200 a day as a wrestler. So, <clears throat> you know, 
I that was not in balance, in my opinion. But that's what I found I had to do to try to make things happen. Is it was like I'd have to work, and then I have to quit and do this other thing, and then go back to work, and it never really was a successful plan. I don't believe in work-life balance. Okay, uh, what's up, Big Wall Daddy, chill guy, MTMG? Good to see you. Um, so what I figured out though was not to try to do work-life balance, but to try to do work-life integration. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is that what's up, Coach, uh, Coach Keo? I had to uh, I had to integrate all my passions into one, right? So now let's look at something that I'm doing, right? Let's look at number one coaching. So number one coaching is um, is a business coaching endeavor. And I also do grappling coaching. So now it's taken me a while to figure out what it is, uh, you know, what my passions are, what, um, what my uh, strengths were, that kind of stuff. I, I am definitely a learner. I love learning, but I'm also a, a doer. So I needed to create a bunch of things to feel fulfilled. And so, you know, this combination of scientific wrestling and my number one coaching, now you can even see like I've uh, got a, uh, a belt made to integrate the two. So now I feel like I'm getting even closer and closer to being able to do all the things that I want because I've integrated my professional and my personal lives. Does that make sense? So I don't have to balance. I don't have to keep different plates spinning. So another example would be going to the Jersey Shore this last week, right? So I've got three kids, 10, 12, and 15 years old. And, you know, it's summertime, they're home. So what was I able to do? I was able to uh, take them uh, on this business trip that, you know, this business that my wife and I work on, Gate Master uh, Technology, and it was fantastic, right? So we took the kids to the amusement park. My wife went and worked with the, uh, the corporate people and the whole thing was a write-off and we got, you know, because we're helping out, they gave us tickets to test all the different systems because that's, you know, we, we do technology. So it just ended up being fantastic. So what I would like to put forth to you guys today is I would like to challenge you to not work on work-life balance as much. I would, I would like to have you guys think about um, integrating all your work together. So I was a nerd for wrestling. And so I integrated business. And that's why I ended up with scientific wrestling, shoe pro wrestling, uh, the scientific wrestler.com uh, affiliate program, because I integrated my interests. Does that make sense? Let's see, we got a, a comment in here. MTMG says off topic. But is the accelerator camp for beginners as well? I'm coming from a BJJ background, and I'm really interested in catch wrestling. I find it more practical. Big fan of your stuff, bro. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, so it's definitely for beginners. I, I'm really proud of the accelerator camps. Uh, you can go to Coaching Catch, uh, just coachingcatch.com, and that has all the information. I'm really proud of it uh, because – the one feedback that we have invariably received from participants over the last 15 years, thousands of people, thousands of people have gone to these camps. It's like insane, um, is how mind blowing it is in terms of 
like their their mind is blown because it is a completely different paradigm. So now this said, it's different than BJJ and it's different than amateur wrestling. It's it's its own thing. Okay. But what I find is it's an overlap between the two. So it works great for wrestlers, like guys who come from a, a high school or collegiate uh, background, for them to get up to speed really quick onto the submission game because they don't have to unlearn all the wrestling. Um, they can learn the the entries and setups from the catch wrestling perspective, which doesn't really employ a guard, right? So much of the Brazilian jiu-jitsu is all about using the guard as a control position and setting it up or half guard, whatever, but you get my point. So, so it's great in that regard, but it's also great for the jiu-jitsu guys um, because sure, you know, the submissions, but your takedowns are trash. You don't have, you can't wrestle from the top and maintain uh, top pressure. And on top of that, we do show a bunch of submissions. Now I will say this. I mean, uh, Gordon Ryan last week was talking about pinning uh, his opponent. Okay. Where, where do you honestly think that came from? I've been talking about pinning and grappling. Like the only guy, the first guy talking about pinning and grappling uh, since 2003. Okay. It's taken 20 years, but now it's started to come around. Um, uh, leg locks, you know, uh, come from catch and um, other things, more esoteric holds like Nelson's and things of that nature, cradles. So um, yeah, man, it, it, it's great for anybody. We've had, we've had total noobs and, and we've had um, tons of pro fighters. We just did the last camp had um, uh, Carmouche, the uh, Bellator, um, what is she, flyweight uh, champ, this Carmouche was there. So, um, oh, nice, coming to Denver. Okay, yeah, it'll be fun, dude. And we're having actually a camp next weekend um, at V10 Training in Aurora. If you DM me, um, I don't know if you guys can make it out next weekend. It's a, it's a great opportunity, two-day mini camp. It's only going to be in the mornings, but then you can go out and enjoy all that Colorado has to offer Denver has to offer in the evening. Uh, that's going to be actually at our first American affiliate gym, uh, V10, scientificwrestler.com. Check it out. Um, uh, coach Vicious Vern, he's a, a, a seasoned uh, MMA coach and boxing coach and, and competitor out here in Colorado. Super proud to have him in our, uh, in our family. So, uh, yeah, I'll see you there. I, I think you're going to dig it, man. Uh, like I said, all levels are welcome. All levels will benefit. Uh, probably the, I can't tell you which is the most common feedback, mind blown, or um, where um, <laughs> people tell me like after they get back, they're like, holy shit, dude. Just after one weekend, I'm beating all these guys that I wasn't able to beat before at my gym. And that that's the one maybe that makes me the most proud because, you know, really, of course, scientific wrestling is about catch wrestling. I mean, we are the global standard we've been called. Um, I mean, it's just, we've been number one for 20 years in this field, but really what it's about to me is bigger than catch. Okay. It's about grappling literacy. I, this is something I wish people would pick up on because I'm kind of sick and tired of uh, <laughs> people stealing uh, and pretending they're making up new shit or, or whatever. And it's cool, but it's not cool. Like if you're grappling literate, 
you'll see it's just such an advantage. Um, you know, you could have all the athleticism in the world, uh, but it really is uh, a mental game. And a big part of the mental game is having a great repertoire and maybe knowing things that the other guy doesn't know. So grappling literacy is huge. And that goes beyond, you know, just catch as catch can. Judo, Sambo. I mean, you know, one of my mentors is, uh, is probably the most grappling literate person on the planet, Wade Chalice, uh, five sport, all American folk style, freestyle, Greco Roman judo and Sambo. That is crazy. This is, these are the kind of people that I've sat at the feet of for the last 20 years, trying to really, um, promote grappling literacy, getting people up to speed with all aspects of the game. And, and like I said, we're, we are making changes, whether we get credit or not, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people I don't even, I, I, you know, I'm a very busy person, so I don't watch a lot of TV or fights or anything like that anymore. I'm just, and I'm getting older. Um, but I, you wouldn't believe it. Like how many people send me messages or they'll be like, Oh my God, did you see Gordon Ryan? He's now he's talking about pinning or somebody will send me, um, uh, who's the guy who, with the speedos, uh, Craig Jones, uh, how he, you know, his, his stuff is looking exactly like X, Y, Z out of the catch repertoire of this DVD I put out or something I produced. Anyway, um, it's really nice. It's great to see everybody using these techniques and you know, it, it is kind of funny. I get mad. I only get mad at these people who don't give credit. Right. And they, I don't know what they think they're doing. They, I, they, there's very little innovation that happens in grappling because it's been around forever. Probably arguably the world's oldest sport. So, so I, I get upset because as somebody who is grappling literate, these people like <laughs> try to take advantage of others and I don't even mind, man, use it or teach it and sell it. That's fine. But you should give credit where it's due. That's just something I believe in. I, you know, I've, done nothing but credit guys like Billy Robinson, Wade Chalice and Carl Gotch and Dick Cardinal and Gene LaBelle and all these guys who had a, a massive influence on me. And I think it's important to do that. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old fashioned or an old fuddy duddy. Oh, Dave, what's up, man? Nice t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, like the stuff over a collar and elbow is cool. You know, it really is. Uh, what's he, he's got a reply. Grappling IQ is the most important. My sons have benefited greatly by improving their wrestling IQ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, grappling literacy is really something that's important to me. So is, so is uh, financial business literacy though, you know, and I think they go hand in hand, especially uh, with the aspects of what I like to call pro wrestling. So, you know, I guess all camera focuses on the microphone. Okay, here we go. Is that better? I don't know if that helps. Um, anyway, it's kind of funny because uh, Vince McMahon just retired. Large, I mean, dude, like all the scandals happened. All of a sudden, he retired. <laughs> He's like, "I'm out. I'm out. You guys can't get me." I mean, surprised that that guy doesn't have a one-way ticket on one of Elon's rocket ships. But um, you know, now that uh, now that Vince is done, uh, Triple H has taken over the industry, and I will say, like. Uh, I really enjoyed the NXT product. Now, again, I have a bunch of footage that I've saved. You can go to my Instagram and I think it's on my personal Instagram at ask coach Jake. Uh, 
it's on there and you could see all the ways that that nxt was really pushing what i was doing right like talking like scientific wrestling billy robinson do it again like i have all this footage captured and i, I appreciated that you know um so i'm hopeful that under triple h the product becomes more realistic again i loved nxt when it was a black and gold brand you know the wrestling that was done by uh, guys like gargano and and uh champa and um all those guys man nxt is just the place to to be i'm just uh uh bummed out that hideki suzuki um didn't uh, really get to wrestle that was a shame a use uh, a misuse of his talent but they had a bunch of great guys right so uh, hopefully it'll come back what i am hoping is uh somebody now you never can tell unless you actually i've i've heard through the grapevine that triple h is very fond of the efforts that i've done with scientific wrestling whether this is true or not i don't know i'd love confirmation i've only heard but i have not i don't have anything in writing <laughs> or, or a video clip um but i would really love to have catches catch can have a place at the table in pro wrestling and this is why this is this is something that's taken me a long time uh, a lot of trial and error, error and effort you know i started out grappling um i started out at the at the boulder ymca doing judo and uh, under burn bush is, was his name <laughs> german us uh, senior nationals freestyle champion uh, uh burn bush he was a chiropractor too he actually really helped me when i had a bad neck injury and um great guy really good judoka and while i was at the y um ufc2 happened and i was in the same city while well, i was in boulder and ufc2 happened at uh, mammoth gardens in denver and i was able to attend and blew my mind i was like oh my god this is life-changing so you know i could appreciate brazilian jiu-jitsu hey dave take care man i appreciate you stopping in and commenting too but good to see you um so you know i knew that's what i wanted to do is i wanted to uh, to be involved with grappling i loved it but uh the jiu-jitsu i just it was too hierarchical um I just wasn't well networked. So, it, you know, I just was always this Ronin going from different schools. You know, I went to Carly Gracie's Academy for a while and did some privates with Pedro Sauer in the mid nineties and Caseca Munez and Ricardo Miguel and uh, went to Half Gracie's uh, gym down in the mission district of San Francisco for a little bit. And then um, that's what I stumbled into pro wrestling and then into catch. And, you know, when i 2003 came around and i got very very obsessed with catch wrestling and i was able to hook up with carl gotch and he was really my first mentor in catch wrestling and can you imagine like your first mentor is like literally the probably the most legendary guy <laughs> alive at that time um and definitely of of the late 20th century in terms of impact and, and reach and whatnot. So um, I was very lucky and I wanted 
to bring catch to the grappling scene, right? To, to like the UFC and to legit competitive sport. And dude, I was knocking on doors. I was holding camps. I held a, I used to have a, a club at the Santa Monica high school wrestling gym. Uh, at the same time, Ronda Rousey was going to that high school, by the way, her mom would let her uh, attend our class. Cause it wasn't judo. She was like only judo. Uh, that would have been amazing. But anyway, so, you know, I, I had kind of quit pro wrestling. I was taking bookings here and there, but I'd largely quit. I knew that it wasn't really, I did it for about three years, had some modest success, had a WWE tryout. Uh, like I said, toured, um, trained with Ultimo Dragon, you know, had some good mentors, but it just wasn't in my heart. I really liked the competitive grappling. And so um, as soon as I learned about catch, I was like, you know what? I need to figure this out and, and kind of to the theme, integrate it into my life. And so, you know, I started uh, hosting like camps with the best guys that I thought would fit in back then. Cause Carl really wasn't, uh, his hips were real bad. And he, it was only like a mentoring thing. He was not interested in traveling or anything like that. He'd pretty much just retired. And, um, you know, after his wife, Ella had passed, he was just done. I was very fortunate, by the way, if you want to listen in on some of those, be a fly on the wall on some of those conversations that I had with Carl, you can go to carlgotch.com with a K, K-A-R-L, gotch, G-O-T-C-H.com. Go there. You can listen. I put up, I don't know, 15 hours maybe or something. I don't even know. But uh, just a, a smattering of some of the conversations that we had, I was able to record. And I, I host them up there for free. You can go listen. Um, the same mentoring that I received. But, um, uh, you know, I really wanted it to, and I was knocking on jujitsu doors forever and they weren't interested and it's okay. I get it. They've got their own thing and they don't want to do our thing. And that's cool. But that's, that's who I was. I thought to sell this to, it was like, Oh, you guys like submission. Hey, don't you want to learn leg locks? Don't you want to learn, uh, cradles, especially after Hickson got held in the cradle by Mark Schultz for a half hour. Wouldn't you want to learn, uh, crickets, dude, nothing, zero. Right. So I started working. Gene is just an amazing guy. I would really recommend if you have my book, Say Uncle, um, which is now like 12 years old, crazy to believe, uh, go and read that. Or you can go and just listen to the uh, the um, the interview live. It's from 2004. Um, I put it up on the, on the Do It Again podcast. So let's look up etymology. Now, this is etymology of legacy. Let's see here. From the 14th century. Body of persons sent on a mission. The bodies. The body of persons sent on a mission. From the medieval Latin legatia. From the Latin legatus. Ambassador, envoy, or deputy. Uh, Joel Townsend, as uh, Joel D. Townsend. Did Gene ever fight Steven Seagal? I don't know the exact circumstances because I wasn't there, but you know, I think uh, Gene was on set because he was a stunt guy, and Steven Seagal was strutting around with his fantasy of who he is, and I think Gene LaBelle, from what I understand, he made him poop his pants or something. I I don't know. You just go read it. I don't want to 
perpetuate false rumors or anything, but it's definitely an interesting story. It's definitely a legend uh, that is worth a Google or, or looking on YouTube. Um, legacy. So let's look up legend because legacy is not giving me what I want. Let's look up legend. So what does it mean to be legendary? It means it pertains to a legend. D Morani 21 says we have wrestling day every Friday at my BJJ gym. And most of it tends to be catch style wrestling with a lot of influence from Gene uh, and Neil. Yeah. So, you know, Gene, uh, Gene taught Monday nights over at go. This is when I went, this is now, this is 20 years ago, uh, 18 years ago. Uh, he taught Monday nights over at GoCor's place in North Hollywood. Now I think GoCor's moved maybe two times or one time from that old facility in, in North Hollywood to the one he's at now. Um, but, uh, yeah, Monday, every Monday night was Gene LaBelle's night over there. And I really liked GoCor's gym. Um, when I was there, it was kind of when, uh, Carl was blown up. He was booked on the UFC. I didn't really get to wrestle with Carl. I wrestled with uh, Manny Gamburian. Dude's a beast, man. About broke my knee with a double leg takedown. He's so crazy. Uh, great group of guys. Great group of guys. Um, yeah, he will be sorely missed. And GoCore will do a fantastic job in, in continuing uh, that legacy. I don't know. Now, Neil claims catch wrestling, which I am a huge fan of, of Neil and and glad that he does so. I don't know. I don't hear Gokor speak, and maybe that's just because uh, English is his second language, and he's not so much into. And maybe he's more of a man of action and not words type of thing. I don't hear him talk much about catch, um, but I, I sure hope that he does because you know Gene was very very serious about catches catch can and the importance of it. And he was so again, if if uh, the word ambassador means something. Gene was an incredible ambassador for catch catch can wrestling, right? Uh, incredible guy. So the etymology of the word legend from the early 14th century. Okay. So what do we, we're in the 21st century, 500 years. The word legend is at least 500 years old. That's as far back as we can uh, see it. Uh, legend, the etymological dictionary says legend noun, early 14th century narrative dealing with a happening or event from the old French, Legende, or something, I don't know, which is 12th century, directly from the medieval Latin legenda, legend or story, especially lives of saints. I don't know if somebody would call Jean LaBelle a saint, but he's a saint of grappling, that's for sure, right? Um, Ryan Crispel, 37, Jean once wrote, when a teacher dies, a world of knowledge is lost forever. That's why I have no secrets. So when I die, cast my ashes to the, fair, to the far winds, I think, for as long as my students live and teach. I will. And I, I can't read all of it because it's, it's kind of broken up. Yeah. I think that's true, man. So this is part of what has been the mission of scientific wrestling, right? Um, well before everybody had their phones and was filming everything and doing all that shit. Um, I was there filming with gigantic clunky fucking cameras, um, uh, trying to capture this information and as much knowledge as possible so that you could learn from the person themselves. Now, Gene is fantastic that way. He's got so many instructional videos now, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then he's got a, a ton of people. So he's got go court. I know he's got, uh, 
uh, uh, Pacific Ocean up there in uh, Malibu and, uh, and and tons of other people. I know David Tice has spent uh, a lot of time with him. There's a lot of these guys that uh, unfortunately passed away. Roddy Piper uh, was a Gene LaBelle black belt. I know that um, because of his judo connections, Rhonda's mom, who's a judoka, uh, really thought highly of Gene. And so there's a lot of Gene LaBelle in Rhonda. In fact, you know, he was in the corner of her most recent uh, MMA fights. I mean, at, at where his health would allow him. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. So legend story, especially Lives of Saints, which were formerly read at mountains and refectories of religious houses, literally things to be read on certain days in the church. So that's kind of interesting, right? So there, this word legend almost has this like connection to saints, to, to, to worship almost in a way, right? So what is that? What would that require for you? What would that require for you? I'm asking you this rhetorically. I mean, you can answer if you want in the comments, but it's more of a rhetorical question. What would it require for you to become legendary like Jean LaBelle? Does that mean you got to go wrestle a bear? Maybe. Does it mean you got to go choke out of uh, uh, some blowhard on a movie set? Maybe. What does that mean? What can you do so you can be legendary like Jean LaBelle? Can you be in a million movies? Maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. The guy definitely lived his life to the fullest. To the fullest. Uh, a friend of mine, Bob Calhoun, was uh, an author on his um, autobiography. And um, um, it's, just, it's just a sad day. Uh, and I, I don't want to be too sad about it. But uh, I just want to celebrate his life. The guy was amazing. So, so if you guys have anything else to say, uh, I'd love to see in the comments. It'll be up forever. Uh, so so uh, say it now because I'm going to sign off in about five minutes. I do have a, another meeting I have to go here in, uh, in 10 minutes that I got to prep for. So uh, guys, what do you need to be legendary, right? So like I said, uh, one of the cap, cap lines that I use uh, in my marketing is, is be legendary. Like I want to help you to where you have a legacy to where, when uh, hopefully you live a nice full life, uh, like Jean LaBelle. And when you're 90 and you pass, there is all this kind of fanfare because you're a legend. So what are the lessons that we can learn from the life of Jean LaBelle? Right to be legendary, to take risks, to be out there, to be aggressive. Okay. Gene was a nice guy, but he was aggressive. Choked out. Um, Steven Seagal picked up Bruce Lee and ran around a movie set with him. Um, right. So great guy, but he lived aggressively and made sure. Now, you know, Gene was also a self promoter. He made sure you knew who he was, uh, wore the pink gi, all that guy. He was so, you know, that being a legend sometimes means you have to tell people why you're a legend or, you know, also promote what you do. Right. 
So, all right, guys, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, be legendary. If I can help you in any way, uh, check us out, scientificwrestler.com, scientificwrestling. Uh, if, if grappling ain't your thing or catch ain't your thing, um, and I'll teach you how to make money with it too. Uh, but you can also head over to uh, number one coaching. I am a, a, a huge nerd for business and I know a thing or two that I, that I'd love to teach you and help you uh, improve your life. Just actually had a couple nice uh, testimonials, two separate testimonials from clients. Uh, they don't even know each other. Both of them said like, dude, working with you. I, one of them said I doubled my family's income. And we worked together for six months. In six months, doubled his family's income. So that means actual, his four kids, he has four kids, he doubled that income. Better house for them, uh, buying toys, uh, security, better in, you know, uh, insurance, all that kind of stuff that comes with doubling your income. Another client, he's a single guy, said, dude, I did more than doubled my income with you. I posted them. I posted these. They sent them as texts. So um, if I can help you with that, I'll help you with that. I'd love to help you make all the money doing my, what I want you to do. And that's making money uh, by being legendary, continuing the legend of catch, catch can wrestling. Uh, but maybe it's something else. You know, I've got, I've got companies, I've got whiskey distilleries. I'm helping them. I've got um, people that help people with, with final expenses uh, for, for their funerals and for, you know, like insurance and, and funeral care and all. I don't, well, it doesn't matter. I can help you. Uh, but I got it. You got to let me and, and I'm not cheap, but you know, you, you got to think of it like this way. Um, don't think about it in terms of the money spent. Think about it, the money you make. You got to think of these things like an investment. That's how, how wealthy people think. Um, Wizard of Oz. What's up, bro? Um, living dead. You fear. I wouldn't recommend you listen to anybody who says they did anything to Bruce Lee unless Bruce himself wrote about it. It didn't happen. All right, dude, whatever. Yeah, it, it, there was tons of witnesses. I don't think it's even controversial. Um, and he was his, Bruce Lee hired him as his bodyguard. I wonder why. Because uh, he was a grappler. And he learned, he, he was also, Bruce was a student of, of Gene LaBelle's. This isn't even controversial. So um, anyway, guys, I appreciate you. I'm going to jump off of here. Um, I appreciate you guys. Yeah, what's up, Wizard of Oz? Good to see you, man. Hope to see you over at uh, uh, Coaching Catch. We're going to be back down in Phoenix here very soon. Go over to coachingcatch.com. You can get on there and uh, and show up <laughs> and learn. Uh, so I, I hope to see you guys there. Um, and again, rest in peace to the legend, Gene LaBelle. And uh, let's, let's honor his memory by trying to be legendary in our own lives. Okay. I appreciate you guys. And I'll talk to you real soon. See you tomorrow.